You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Pregnancy Podcast. Be sure to check out The 40 Weeks Podcast to find out how your baby is developing this week, what is going on with your body, plus get a tip for dad. All of this in under five minutes. You can find 40 Weeks everywhere you listen to The Pregnancy Podcast or go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash week. Last week, we talked about birth centers. A birth center is a great middle ground in between a home birth and a hospital birth. You get the benefit of a natural birth in a home-like setting with some of the safety net of a hospital. We talked about what a birth center is, what you can expect for your prenatal care, labor, and birth, and got into some of the statistics on things like transfers to a hospital from a birth center. If you missed that episode, you can go back and check out episode 44. In today's episode, we are talking about water birth. A water birth is a birth in which the baby is born to a mother laboring in a tub of water. There are a lot of legends of women in different cultures laboring in water dating back quite a ways, but there isn't documentation of anyone actually giving birth in water until 1803 in France. Then it wasn't until the 1980s that the popularity of water births began growing in Western cultures, and today it is becoming increasingly popular. Proponents of water birth claim that it is beneficial in management of discomfort from contractions, that it promotes relaxation, and that it eases stress for your baby during birth. Critics of the practice raise concerns about the safety of water births and risks associated with things like respiratory issues for the baby and the risk of infection to both you and your baby. We are really going to dig deep into both sides of this in the episode today. Water birth may be an option for you if you are planning a natural labor and are considered low risk. You're going to need to be planning on having your baby at a venue that supports water birth with a care provider who's supportive of the practice and who also has experience attending births in water. While more and more hospitals are beginning to offer this as an option, the majority of water births are taking place in homes or at birth centers under the care of a midwife. During a water birth, you are partially immersed in a tub of warm water. The temperature of the water is going to be about body temperature. Generally, the tub is larger than a standard bathtub, and it's either going to be a built-in tub or a portable inflatable pool. You are going to be naked from the waist down in a tub during labor. Some women choose to wear a sports bra or some kind of top, and some women prefer not to wear anything, ultimately whatever you are most comfortable in. Your partner may be able to join you in the tub if their being in there would assist you. Even if you're not sure if you're going to want your partner in the tub, have them pack a pair of swim trunks or something else to wear in your hospital bag, just in case. If your partner is in the tub with you, a comfortable position could be to have them seated behind you so that you can lean back and kind of rest on them to have them help support you. If you do not want your partner in the tub with you, that is totally fine too. It's all about what is going to suit you best. If you are planning a water birth at a hospital or birth center, chances are that a permanent tub is in place. If that's not the case or you're having a home birth, you can choose to rent or buy an inflatable tub. If you're lucky and you have a large bathtub or like a jacuzzi style tub, that would work too. 
In general, a standard bathtub is pretty small and you wouldn't really be able to move around too much. Tubs used for birth tend to be bigger. If you're planning on renting or buying a tub, check with your midwife or doula if you have one for any recommendations on the best place to do that in your area. Immersion in water can be helpful in the first stage of labor, even if you're not planning to birth your baby or go through the second stage of labor in the tub. In a tub of warm water, you are free to move around in different positions, and you may find some relief from the buoyancy of water. As a side note, if you do choose to have an underwater birth and be immersed in water for the second stage of labor, you should know that babies gain more color in their skin immediately following birth, and it's common for babies born in water to take a little bit longer to get their color. The transition from womb to warm water is a bit different than the transition from womb to cooler air. This is why when you see photos of water births, the baby can appear super pale right after birth. This is completely normal, so if you do have a water birth, do not panic if your baby looks a little bit pale at first. Your labor is going to progress best when you are comfortable. Your needs and the positions that you choose are going to evolve as your labor progresses. It's possible that you find being in a tub wonderful in the beginning and at some point decide that you prefer to be on dry land. Give yourself some wiggle room to change your plans if needed. And if at any point a tub is not working for you, get out and try something else. You can always get back in. One of the most common questions about the practice of water birth is whether your baby could drown underwater. The first thing that you should know is that your baby's oxygen supply is coming through the umbilical cord. Your baby's oxygen supply is monitored by their heart rate, which would slow down in the event that they weren't getting enough oxygen from the placenta. Your care provider will be intermittently monitoring your baby's heart rate with a handheld waterproof Doppler. There is a complex chain reaction that takes place once a baby is born that initiates their first breath of air. Once your baby is born, you or your care provider would be gently lifting them out of the water where they would then take their first breath. You would not leave them in the water for any extended period of time. Let's dig into some of the research available on water birth. A review of 12 trials involving over 3,200 women found that being immersed in water for the first stage of labor was associated with a significant reduction in the rates of epidural or other types of anesthesia. Although I will note that if a water birth takes place at home or at a birth center, these interventions are generally not available. The study found that the first stage of labor was about a half an hour shorter with a water birth. There was no difference in the rates of assisted vaginal deliveries, cesarean sections, use of Pitocin, perennial trauma, or maternal infection. There were also no differences on neonatal outcomes with APGAR scores less than 7 at 5 minutes. No difference in neonatal unit admissions or neonatal infection rates. Of the three trials that compared water immersion during the second stage with no immersion, one trial showed a significantly higher level of satisfaction with the birth experience for women who had underwater births. This review did note that a lack of data for some comparisons prevented really in-depth conclusions and that further research is needed. I know that you guys hear this from me all the time. As water birth becomes more common, I am really hopeful that we are going to see more research and data available on this. I will put a link to this study and any others mentioned in this episode in the show notes, and you can find those at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash episode 45. 
Another study found that water births had shorter second and third stages of labor compared to vaginal deliveries on land, both with and without an epidural. And as a reminder, the first stage is when you are dilating and effacing. The second stage is the pushing stage. And the third stage is when you are birthing the placenta. An Italian study of over 2,600 water births found shorter labor duration, a net reduction in episiotomy rates, and a marked drop in requests for pain relievers. The study mentions that during the birth of the baby, fecal matter is released into the birth pool water, contaminating it with microorganisms. Despite this, water birth was found to be safe for the baby and did not carry a higher risk of neonatal infection when compared with a conventional vaginal delivery. Concern of infection is one of the most cited reasons against water birth, so this was an important study in that it found women and babies were not at an increased risk for infection. If you want to read more on the details of this study, I will include a link for it in the show notes. As is the case with so many pregnancy and birth procedures, there's no perfectly controlled study that's going to give us a really solid answer as to whether water birth is safe and effective. Two major authorities on pregnancy and birth in the U.S., the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Congress of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, both agree on their official opinion issued on water birth. Both organizations state that immersion in water during the first stage of labor can be associated with decreased pain or use of anesthesia and decreased duration of labor. This is consistent with the research that we just talked about. They go on to state that there's no evidence that immersion in water during the first stage of labor otherwise improves perinatal outcomes and it should not prevent or inhibit other elements of care. As I said in the beginning of this episode, you're only going to be a candidate for water birth if your pregnancy is low risk, you're planning a natural birth, and there are no other complications. The safety and efficacy of immersion in water during the second stage of labor has not been established. And immersion in water during the second stage of labor, which is sometimes called an underwater delivery, has not been associated with maternal or fetal benefit. They go on to state that given these facts and case reports of rare but serious adverse effects in the newborn, the practice of underwater delivery should be considered an experimental procedure and it should only be performed within the context of an appropriately designed clinical trial with informed consent. The bottom line in the opinion here is that submersion in water should only be done during the first stage of labor and both the American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Congress of Obstetricians and Gynecologists do not support underwater delivery. If you want to read their full opinion, a link to it will be in the show notes. The American College of Nurse Midwives has also issued an official statement, and their official opinion is in support of water birth. It should be noted that the majority of water births are attended by midwives, not OBGYNs. The American College of Nurse Midwives states that labor and birth in water can be safely offered to women with uncomplicated pregnancies and should be made available by qualified maternity care providers. Labor and birth in water may be particularly useful for women who prefer physiological childbirth or a natural birth and wish to avoid the use of pharmacological pain relief methods. A link to this full statement, if you would like to read it, will be included in the show notes. 
To sum up all of the different studies and opinions that we have talked about, overall, labors and births in all stages tend to be shorter with a water birth. And there's no evidence that mothers or babies are at an increased risk for infection or other adverse outcomes. In general, the midwife community is very supportive of water birth, and the OBGYN community still has some concerns. The American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Congress of Obstetricians and Gynecologists are comfortable with the mother laboring during the first stage of labor in water, but they consider an underwater delivery to be experimental. So all the research and opinions are not exactly black and white, but by now you should be pretty used to not getting a cut and dry answer from research on pregnancy and birth. You should have a lot of information to help you decide whether you would be comfortable with a water birth or whether it's an option that you would like to consider. If you are interested in water birth, you will want to discuss your options with your care provider and make sure that you're a good candidate given the specifics of your pregnancy and any possible risk factors. If water birth is not an option, either because your care provider has concerns or the policy of the hospital does not allow it, you may still be able to take advantage of some of the therapeutic aspects of water. You can take a warm bath in the early stages of labor at home. And once you are in labor at the hospital, a shower can be really soothing. And you might even be able to take a chair in there and sit on it backwards and let the shower fall on your back, which could also be helpful and relaxing. So you can still get some of the benefits of hydrotherapy without a full-on water birth. As a disclaimer, I did have a water birth with my son. Overall, my experience with a water birth was a positive one, and it worked well for me during my labor and birth. Of course, I know that water birth is not for everyone. If after hearing all of the information and research in this episode, you don't feel like water birth is a safe option or the best option for you, that is totally okay. There is no one size fits all for everyone, and it's really going to be up to you to decide what's going to be best for you and your baby. Going into my birth, I knew that water birth was an option for me. I was not dead set on giving birth in the water. In fact, in my birth plan, I state that I'm not intent on delivering in a particular place or position and that I wanted to try different things to see what worked best. At one point, I did get out of the tub and tried some different positions on dried land, and then I ended up getting back in the tub for the actual birth. If you're planning a water birth and you are intent on having your little one in the water, that could be a good thing to include in your birth plan. And you know if you're having trouble getting started with your birth plan and you want to see a sample of how a birth plan could be structured or worded, you can go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash birth plan and request a copy of mine via email. I'll send you two plans that I had. One was for the birth center that I was planning on delivering at, and I had a backup plan in the event that we ended up in the hospital. To recap today's episode, we talked all about water birth and dug into a lot of research on the reported benefits and some of the safety concerns. Remember, this is not just a home birth thing. If you think that a water birth is something that you want to explore, talk to your care provider about it to find out if it's an option for you. 
I want to thank you so much for tuning into the pregnancy podcast today. I hope that you find this episode helpful in giving you the information you need to decide whether a water birth could be right for you. Next week, we are talking about natural birth in a hospital. I'm bringing on a special guest, Samantha Lee Wright, who is a pro on having a natural birth in a hospital setting. Her philosophy is that your only choices in childbirth are not between an unnecessary cesarean and an orgasm in a hot tub. I could not agree more. I know that you're really going to enjoy listening to my interview with Samantha, and there are going to be a lot of great takeaways from that episode. So tune in next week for that. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa, at PregnancyPodcast.com. You can find notes and resources for this episode at PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash episode 45. You are also welcome to join me in the Pregnancy Podcast community on Facebook, where you can connect with some other expecting moms and ask questions specific to what you are going through in your pregnancy and planning for your birth. I will put a link to the group in the show notes. If you have any questions about water birth that you think I may be able to help with, please pop in the Facebook community and ask. I'd be happy to answer any questions you have.